Thanks for tuning in to Chilling with Chern and Kara. We are two cancer survivors who met by chance and decided to come together to share on our renewed perspective of life. If you like our podcast, do follow us and subscribe. We hope to connect with each and every one of you. Hi, Kara. Hi. <laughs> morning. Good morning. How's your day? It's great. It's so sunny out today, and I'm loving your plants. Oh yeah, I'm a. Look at, look at those leaves sucking, up. sucking all the sunlight from the window. I I just like picked up a new hobby recently where I started like taking buying and taking care of plants because I just realized that plant like caring is just so meditative, mm-hmm. and I I get so excited when I see like new shoots grow out. And like growing new plants from like after like propagating it, so yeah, it's quite calming. Wow, I I have like they say that you need to have green fingers to have plants, and I feel like I don't have green fingers at all. Oh no, I I have like the worst like I have like black fingers. Previously, like I I kill all my succulents. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know, like how do you it kill just never succulents? Survive. I'm not sure what happened, but like. Yeah, I, I got three of them and like they all died within like five days. That was quite depressing. <laughs> Maybe you <laughs> watered them. I didn't even do anything. Like I just left it there. Uh they said like out of sunlight. So I put it in like in some like area of my house and then it just died. So yeah, I'm not oh. sure what happened. But this time I researched extensively before I bought these plants. So hopefully they survive. <laughs> a second chance to green fingers. A second chance, and it's doing so well. Look at this monstera. So this is monstera deliciosa. It's also called a Swiss cheese plant. Swiss Swiss cheese plant. Okay, wow. Yep. I mean, it's beautiful. It looks so luscious. It is. Yeah. It 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 can grow to the size of my face. Some of these leaves. Wow. Uh. Yeah. And and. Like they they they're sort of in like the tropical sort of jungle and like they creep up on like trees to reach for the sun, so they're like creepers. So this is like a baby plant. It's like baby roots. Okay. Yeah. Can you like can you prune the the leaves? Is that how you say it? Can you prune? Can you cut the leaves when it grows too much? Yeah, yeah. You can do it, and then you can propagate it into soil, and then it become another plant. And when it does that, I'll give you one. Mm, I'm not sure if I can take care of one, but but you know, okay, you know why or not? Because last year during Circuit Breaker, I like my my father. He was he got some seeds for for Lady Fingers, and so we like he decided okay. to plant some along the like the planter area, and so they grew so so yeah. big, and the, the the leaves were like so high, and so we couldn't really open the the windows. And I thought, okay, fine. I mean, I should have researched it, but I I thought that you can just cut off the leaves from plants, any plant. And so I was like, oh yeah, yeah. I told my dad that, oh, let me just cut off some leaves. Like, don't worry. Then we can open and take care of the the, the plants. And so after I cut off the leaves, right, and they all started dying. And I'm like, oh no, why? And yeah, I, I, failed, I failed them. I failed my okra plant. Plants. <laughs> oh no. I know. So you, you inadvertently... Cute, your lady's finger. Oh no, you can bump like endless supply of lady's finger. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I don't know what I, uh, I should have just researched it, lah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess like since you're on this topic, 
I guess this topic that we're going to be discussing today is more about mindfulness. Is yes, that right? Yes, yes. Let's yes. talk about our wellness practice uh, before cancer, during and after cancer. How about that? Oh, I can just tell you that before cancer, I had no mindfulness practice at all. Okay. Like what, what do you do yeah. when you wanted to just relax, right? Like, or just, what just wind down? Oh gosh. Like I can't remember a time when I actually had time to wind down before cancer because I was just always at work. Yeah. And if I'm not at work, I'm just sleeping because I'm just trying to catch up on my sleep debt. And if I want to like wind down, maybe a glass of wine, a bottle. <laughs> a minimum bottle. <laughs> okay. Oh, but then like, how about when you had your off days? Oh yeah. I spent that time studying during my off days or like doing research, like okay. mostly about that. But like, what did you enjoy doing? You know, just like that, that moment of enjoyment. So like mm. even little things like food or um, like hanging out with your friends. That's, that's a good, uh, I mean, that's a great question because like, I, 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 I just struggle to find time to meet my friends. And that's something that I find uh, when I did get diagnosed to be quite uh, upsetting because like, I was just like, oh gosh, like, like all the friends that I have not reached out for a gazillion years. And I, at that time when I was diagnosed, I was just so lonely because like, I just felt like I couldn't talk to anyone or have someone to like reach out. And like the ones that are really close to me those are the ones that I sort of reached out to, but like, but even then, like some of my best friends, I've not seen them for like months on end. or some of them even years mm. since I started working. So yeah, I didn't really have time to meet up with friends as well. Okay. Maybe I did have like times, but I think I just spent most of, of my time unwinding the gym, going for like body palm classes and spin classes. Okay, so you're a gymmer. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I, I release my pent up frustrations like from like lifting weights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love. Yeah, I love that too. I, I remember I used to join the gym like before before cancer happened. I was in the gym, and then I would be able to do sixty minutes on the stairmaster, and I felt so strong, you know. But I, but then I would be in the gym How for about now? three hours. No lah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shit has sailed. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, I like. I think that I, in my mind, I feel like okay, that is a goal that I want to go back to. But then, uh <laughs> it's just so lazy. I do other. I do other things now, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, okay, definitely, definitely. So when when yeah. cancer hit you, um, of course you had to go through, you know, really harsh <clears throat> medications and chemotherapy. Like, how did you put yourself first and um, practice your wellness or mindfulness during this period? Mm. I, I guess, like, at that time, there was just so much uncertainty that with, the, with the diagnosis and the treatment and whatnot because, you know, it's not like a guarantee that you come out of the treatment alive as well. And... Like especially with like each treatment and each uh cycle that I go through, it it, it became stronger. Like the dosage of the the, the drugs, and at, there were times where and, and I mentioned that previously as well that I felt like giving up. But I I guess the the thing that kept me going was the sort of the the will to like continue living, to continue contributing to society, uh, making good use of my degree. 
and and also like and also trying to like um potentially like live in the now as well um i always tell myself that you know like if it's, if it's not because of like the, the diagnosis that was like uh, i was i was given i wouldn't have like appreciated some of the things that i knew i didn't know i had before like friends and family who came to support me uh yeah and like and countless other blessings as well that that sort of like that manifested itself as well and it, it gave me this this time to sort of reflect and and, and stop to unwind and and take a breather after like going through this red race of life and and i find that truly like and i find that a mindfulness practice as it in itself uh, yeah mm, okay it, does that make sense <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does completely. Um, yeah, so like, but you know how when we go through chemotherapy, because you went through six cycles, right? Mm. As we go along every cycle, it's it just gets tougher and tougher, right? So like, did your wellness practice for yourself? What what did you do for yourself that made you happy or that made you just just get through, get by that day? In my mind, I was just focusing on the end goal, the goalpost. And like you I mentioned like that you each cycle after each cycle. Mm. Like you mentioned that you uh go on, you, go on. you played uh the your Xbox or PlayStation and that made you really like you know that that gave you some time for yourself, right? Yeah, I suppose so, like but it's just a pastime, like I guess. Like I, I played Nintendo Switch, I had Pokemon. Uh yeah, I was catching Pokemon <laughs> the entire time. And also watching tons of Netflix. And I guess it it itself, uh, these activities were a form of mindfulness as well because I was basically stuck at home. I couldn't go anywhere and I was just watching tons of documentary and I was thinking to myself, oh, would it be nice if I, like, after cancer treatment, I would be able to go to these places, uh, experiencing the food. And I'm such a big foodie as well. I was like looking at all these like food documentaries and I was like, oh gosh, I really want to go to like Japan to like, try the sashimi or like go to Mexico to like try the tapas and the tacos and whatnot. Oh, sorry, tapas is not Mexican, right? <laughs> Wait, so you watch documentaries? Like what kind of documentaries did you watch? Uh, mostly food. Uh, I watched like travel documentaries as well. And I always like, I was like, you know, green eye looking at all these travel documentaries. And I was like, yeah, like, I guess I kept it going as well. Like, because I was like, mm, I'm a survive this so I can go to these beautiful places mm. as well. Yeah, okay. but COVID happened. So, yeah. Oh, COVID happened, I know. <laughs> well, well done, Crow. Miss COVID. <laughs> so what are the, what's your top place after watching uh, the documentaries that you want to go to? Oh yeah, my friend and I wanted to go to Japan and go to like all the on on onsen like what would you call those ryokans? Yes. Oh, that's like the place where yeah. you can you, know, you sleep on the floor and they bring you bento sets. Like they have like the tatami mats. Yeah, and then they get they, they bring you the food and then after that, uh yeah they they you get like uh, your own like personal like onsen as well, so you can get mm. the soap in your very body in like some spring water that trickled down from the nectar of gods or somewhere <laughs> <laughs> the nectar of gods I love that that's hilarious wow okay oh gosh that's so nice yeah I remember that uh, mm-hmm. during during chemo like it was tougher with every cycle and my wellness practice was to to lie in bed and just just to rest 
<laughs> so I didn't really do anything other than like struggle mentally that like I'm so tired, but I want to do something. So then in the end, after three cycles, I <laughs> accepted that this is this is what I need for myself. So I was just lying and just sinking into the mattress. And then isn't like lying down like a yoga practice as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> just be one and be connected with the ground and be grounded. Yeah. And be grounded, <laughs> yeah. Grounded. Yeah, and like I guess I don't remember doing anything else other than uh, just either cooking for myself or going to get groceries or like just eating everything that I want to eat, which I can eat, right? Because we're going to eat raw mm. foods. But then uh, I just, I really love curry noodles. <laughs> oh, yes. And I don't know why, but I really do love it. So I, I mean, I would, that's my treat, like the laksa and the curry noodles and Mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> And then, and then subsequently, because um, you know what? I really don't think that there was Netflix during my time of chemotherapy because it was like 2016. So I, I don't think I watched a lot of shows or I think uh, I turned to social media, like I mentioned in my previous, uh, yeah. in the previous episodes. And so connecting with uh, people online was something that I, I really enjoyed doing. Um, and they say mm-hmm. that... Uh, when you have a problem yourself, like when you have a problem yourself, instead of focusing on the problem, try focusing on helping others, right? Mm, okay. And so I guess that's how I, I try to posi- position my mindset that, okay, I have cancer and I'm going through chemotherapy. How can I use my situation to um, like help others and also to connect with others? And so with that mindset, I, f- I felt a bit um, more, like I felt like I was in control of my situation and that, and I felt mm-hmm. like I, I, I could give, right, with information of what I was going through. And then in turn, like I mentioned, uh, like I, I met a lot of friends who was going through the mm. same thing as well. So for yeah, me, yeah. as a social person, this kind of connection and this kind of communication, it really helped to just feel related and feel the empathy from so many people. And, and that was very comforting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I was going through treatment as well, I was also actively searching out for anyone who's survivors or going through treatment as well, because I felt like sometimes like it's, it's really hard to go through it alone. But if you have someone like a friend who is going through something similar and you can like sort of share notes and compare like, Oh, what do you do for like this side effect, for example, what you eat? And what, it, it felt like, you know, you, you've got a partner together going through this and you're, you're fighting this together. And through that, I do find it comforting. But then like at that, at that point also, I do want, I felt like I wanted to give back as well, but like, I felt like I needed to, first of all, get myself uh, better and go through cancer treatment first and like sort of get into remission. And I had all these grand plans as well because I was like looking at all these like survivorships of like um, uh, campaigns and like, uh, uh, and also like all these societies as well, like based in the US. And I was like, my gosh, like, wouldn't it be fun to like do something similar in Singapore because I felt like sometimes like the society, the community here is quite small and maybe because like we are, we are, I mean like we are brought up in this like mentality that, you know, 
if you have some if you have if there's something that is not ideal you don't really share it but you keep it to yourself because what you want to portray is the best but sometimes it also it's also quite humbling as well to admit that you have a a, a condition or a flaw because then like people can empathize with you as well and through that you build stronger deeper connections and that just makes you human because like no one is perfect and i guess like that's something that most uh most 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 teachings teaches as well that you know humans are never perfect and that we are always bound to have some imperfections within ourselves but it was also it also takes courage as well to then accept these imperfections and say that yes i'm not perfect and that's why i strive to be better and hence after and and these are sort of things that i was looking for looking forward to when I was going through quick treatment and that kept me going as well, because I told myself that if I were to get through treatment and I would, I would, if I were to get into remission, I would start contributing and I would start supporting other friends or, you know, people who are going through something similar. And I think that is reassuring because I also can give advice as well and say that, you know, it's not as bad as it looks because uh, I've been through it. And I can tell you some of the hacks, you know, that can make things a little bit easier as well. And I guess like that that constitutes this mindfulness as well. And, and the fact that 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 sort of the desire to give back to the community is just so strong. Yes. Yeah, yeah I completely agree with you. And uh it's about having that uh positive outlook at the end and like seeing how you can contribute back to <coughs> others um, with your own experience. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's, that's wonderful. And a couple of, I mean, because we're in the support groups, right? So we're always meeting newly diagnosed people with medical conditions, right? Cancer yeah. conditions and medical conditions. And because, because they know that we're doing this, they would always reach out and um, ask, Oh, so how can, how can we manage this, this medical condition? And my first advice is always to, I mean, first know your situation and first understand uh, where, your, where your situation is at. And then after that, I would tell them, you know, it's because when they're, they're always worried, right? And so my advice mm-hmm. is always to, you know, why don't you look at positive messages from people who have survived cancer, right? Look at their testimony of survival and how they went through it and just look, look forward to a positive outcome. I mean, not mm. neglecting your current situation, but, you know, also adding on to the positive outlook. If, yep. if, I, if I make sense. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I totally get where you're coming from because I think at one point when after going through the six cycles and I was just waiting for my clearance from my PET scan, I just felt like it was a very bleak time for me because it was a very period, it's, it's a period of uncertainty and it's where it's, it felt very tumultuous to me as well. And so like my mom and dad brings me out for like morning walks to a nearby uh, hill. And it's a very nice walk, especially at like 6.30 in the morning where it's the dawn and I get to, to see like, the first rays of sunlight like uh, like filtering through the like the foliage and whatnot and i think that was my mindfulness practice right after treatment but also because it was so early in the morning everything was pitch black sort of i remember one time i was just like walking um along the path uh in the hill 
and I, I was just looking at like, oh, what's that, uh, that speck of light in like in some corner of like my eye, and I was just like, that's that's so interesting. Like it's just like dark, and I I saw this like little like flashings of like uh light at the corner of my eye in some like shrubs, and I I just went closer, and I and I saw a firefly as well, oh. and yeah, it was and and I felt that that you know. It was just a, it was a it was a, a moment of awakening for me because like you know like in that in that sort of like period of like darkness there is still that glimmer of light that sort of filtered through and I feel like no matter how dark life can be there's always hope and you just got to seek out for it and yeah and I I guess like what I would suggest is that you know. There are wonderful uh, positive messages around that could be around you that could sort of give signs to you if you believe in them. And I believe that if you open your eyes and your senses to the world, good like things, messages will come in to, to sort of like prep, prep you up, you know, give you hope. But you just got to keep your eyes and like ears and all your five senses open and be open to all these messages as well. Yes, yes. Oh God, I sound like a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I know I know a lot of my friends, they, they listen to music and and music really saves the soul, right? Because of the lyrics mm. and the beats and stuff like that. I mean, for me, I, 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 I don't really listen to much music. I listen to music, but <clears> off and on. <laughs> and I can hear my sister gasp and she'd be like, you're not human, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I mean, I love it. The five senses, right? Whatever, you know, like... Yeah like go out and see nature, you know, communicate with people, listen to music. I love this. Five mm, senses. Yeah. Amazing. And I'm really glad that my parents at that time, I mean, they're retired now. And yeah, it's, it's just amazing how like they're almost 70 and they supported me through all this. And yeah, after chemo, and they were just there for me. And like, I, you know, I was always, I'm, I'm always the one walking the furthest ahead of them whenever I go out for walks. But at that time, they, I was just lagging behind them and like, they were just like right beside me, you know, like, you know, one, one, one hand in one arm and then they were like, it's okay, just take your time. No one's rushing. We've got all the time in the world. You're here now, you know, let's, like, let's just walk and then we have a nice like prata after, you know, walking. And yeah, that was, it was just, you know, living in the present and then ever since then, I just tell myself like, that's, there's no time like the present and you just got to savor whatever it is that you have at the moment. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, that's really beautiful. Yeah. I'm feeling, I'm feeling all the love. <laughs> 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 so now after cancer, uh, what kind of wellness practices do you practice? <laughs> oh yeah. I've got tons now. I make it, I make an effort to cook for myself at least four to five times a week. Because I feel like nothing nourishes the soul as much as the ability to cook for yourself and knowing what you put into your body and that love for yourself as well. Uh, to, to be able to love yourself by just providing the best nutrients. As you know, like with plants, you know, plants need good soil as well and good fertilizer as well to grow. The same as humans, you know, what we what we eat, what we consume as well, it just says a lot as well. So yeah. I make it a point to cook for myself and things like picking a new hobby, like 
gardening. Hopefully, it's not a fad. It's not passing fad. <laughs> I see, like six months time, you are still doing this. <laughs> Where are your pots? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not. It's just not empty pots now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else do I do? Um. Oh, also, I make it a point to do more ex- exercises, no matter how busy I am. Um. Yeah, because I feel like exercising just. You know, prepare your body for whatever shit that comes because, like, yeah, you just gotta like, you know, like strain your body a bit to prepare it for, in case anything happens, in case you need to go for war. Yeah, that's why IPT is there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get fit. Yeah, and how about yourself? What have you been doing? Um, I mean, as you know, I've done Tai Chi since like a couple of months after my chemo and uh, I'm con- I'm still doing it five years later. So oh, Yes, and you're yeah, teaching as well. I'm Yeah, I'm teaching beginners Tai Chi alongside with my the school that I go to and my shifu, right? Mm-hmm. My, my Tai Chi master. And um, it was so profound what my Tai Chi shifu said the other day. He said that Tai Chi is a journey. It's not a short trip, right? And I really do feel that... Uh, my journey uh, practicing Tai Chi, it's, it's been such a full one, right? Like, so when mm-hmm. I first started Tai Chi, uh, it was purely to build up my leg strength because uh, I was stripping on myself and, you know, mm. I lost all the, the muscles. I wanted to do something that uh, I could practice even in, at, at old age, right? Yeah. So I, you know, and I also read like Harvard medical articles that Tai Chi really does help with so many other conditions as well, like Parkinson's stroke and stuff like that. And so I thought, okay, let's do it. And and so my, my first intention was to strengthen my leg muscle. But then as I progressed and learned the 108 routine, which uh, consists of 108 moves uh, within yeah. 45 minutes, and that took me about one and a half years of learning. And once I've learned the entire routine, as I was doing the 108 routine, I, I, I started to feel that meditative effect of Tai Chi. So mm-hmm. while I'm not able to still sit and meditate for like 45 minutes to one hour, because I, you know, my mind will be distracted. I have a monkey <laughs> brain and stuff like that. I'm able to be still doing my Tai Chi moves for 45 minutes without thinking about ev- like anything else. And yeah, definitely. Only after that, then I realized that that's, I think that's called movement meditation. Yeah, yeah. There so, are so many types of meditation around. Like yeah. it's not just, uh, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not just constrained to sitting and doing nothing. There's that movement meditation. You can be walking. It can be like doing an, an activity. You know, sometimes driving itself, driving home from work can be meditative because mm. like you're you're just like doing something so monotonous that you know you it's just robotics of like it's just you going through the same movement. But then at that time, you know, you can be meditating as well. Yeah. But also be careful. <laughs> be careful. I <laughs> just watch out for the other cars. <laughs> and then when I'm in that zone, like I'm just thinking about what's the move that I'm doing now and what's the move that I'm going to do, right? Mm. It, it feels so liberating. It, it just feels like you're you're just one with yourself at that moment and nothing else matters, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Tai Chi really helps to weed out all the <laughs> negative stuff <laughs> during the day and during the week. Yeah. I feel the same way when I'm prepping for food, uh, when I'm cooking, because, you know, before cooking, you got to like, Make sure everything is prepared. It's called misanta. Is it? I'm not pronouncing them right. I'm not sure. <laughs> it's like it's French for like 
you know, making sure everything is in place before you cook. Okay. And and I find that so therapeutic as well. Like chopping vegetables, you know, chopping onions. It can be a bit teary, but like and if <laughs> but anyone, it's very Yeah, but and if anyone has seen you chop vegetables, like you are like Master Chef level of chopping. Okay. Like when you, no, no, you're, cooking, you're in that zone. Like I've seen you and like you're like <laughs> master level <laughs> like ratatouille <laughs> yeah i mean i love that and i mean i do find that after cancer like we just want to spend time with ourselves and and just just give ourselves some time you know yeah definitely yeah. i just sort of like take the time to slow down to calm my thoughts and i always tell myself that there's no better time to leave than in the now Mm. And yeah, and that's that's been my my motto ever since I I've come out of treatment. How about yours? Any final thoughts? Yeah, I I think that uh, it's important to give ourselves some time, uh, not be too caught up in the red race like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and um, be so amongst good. the people that just gives you the positive vibes and the and the and just the good vibes, you know. Yeah, so so here's us giving you guys back the good vibes. Recognize and, and just find out what your wellness practice is. Uh, mm-hmm. And just allocating some time for yourself to, to feel good and, and just get through these tough times. Indeed, indeed. And, I, and I'm pretty sure it's tough times for everyone now. Mm. I think okay. that's about it. That's, that's our sharing session about our mindfulness sort of practices. And I can end it with like a chime. But- Well, you know, until next time, guys, stay tuned to Chilling with Churn and Kara, and we will talk to you soon. We will speak to you again soon. Bye, guys. Bye.